Great to have your company. We're going to talk some big issues today. We're going to talk about the Eagles. We're going to talk about the Dockers. And we're going to talk about North Melbourne. Ben Amafio, who's the CEO of North Melbourne, said this earlier today about the state of play at the Kangaroos before I welcome Kim Hagdorn. I speak to the players. Um, our, our PDM speak to the players. Our coaches speak to the players. The head coach speaks to the players. The players are happy. They are happy. That's what they are telling us. They're highly engaged. Jack, the captain, has been out, I think, twice in the last week and and really aggressively defended the, the coach. So, you know, I can only go on what we what the players are saying to us and what the captain is saying about the, his relationship and the players' relationship with the coach. The coach has our backing, has my backing, has the board's backing, and, as you've heard, he's got the players' backing. So they're saying they're happy. They're saying he's, he's created a great... A great environment, a safe environment, and they're enjoying coming to work. So, despite sort of suggestions around Adam Simpson, Alistair Clarkson, all this sort of thing, David's your man. He's our man. He's our man. They've won one game this season. On, I thought I'd play that before I welcome you in because we had a we had a, po- a pre-production did that meeting. Go to air? Did that go to air? That's the press conference. But did we? Did you send that to air? I've just you, put that you to just air. Just insulted your massive audience by having to listen to well, that. Well, I wanted to throw that because I knew what sort of reaction oh. I'd get from you. Good evening, Kim Hagdorn. Yeah, g'day, Peter. How are you? What's it's, happening at North Melbourne? Oh, it's a mess. I, I look, and I think for for Amalfo to come out as strong as he has. Uh, <laughs> He's either delusional <laughs> or he's just totally oblivious to the reality of what is at North Melbourne for a long time. There were people that told people at North Melbourne when they took David Noble with the way he is with people, you know, you'll have a problem here in a year or two's time. Yeah, And I don't fall for any of it, Peter. It is, it is, the, the recent couple of days at North Melbourne uh, and out of North Melbourne are, are some of the worst I've ever seen. In, in defence of the indefensible with how much a mess a footy organisation can be. that It is really, really, uh, it's, 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 it's laughable. It was mm. comedic yesterday and today. And then David Noble has also said there's no, the stories aren't true. They're made up stories. Oh, where there's smoke, there's fire, well, isn't there? And the other thing too, as I say about a, a chief executive. And well, as you've said, nothing starts from nothing. Absolutely. And, yeah. and when a place, the deeper the mire a place is in, like a footy organisation, and this is the same with all sports at, at all levels, the deeper the troubles, the more it will leak. The more people from inside want things to change, they'll make sure media, influential media, get hold of the information. Because, mm-hmm. And they, and it's not might not necessarily be a player, but it'd be a player to a parent, it'd be a player to a mate, it'd be a player to a manager. That's the big one. These boys are, their managers have said, I mean, uh, Zerha, Nah, I was going to sign. I'm having a look around. Well, rest assured, Fremantle and West Coast will be all over this East Fremantle boy because he can play. Mm. So now he, Cam Zerha, I'm talking about from East Fremantle, uh, he's, he'd be one. And for, 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 for Horn Francis to say, uh, I'm not prepared to go any further with my uh, contract talks for the two years beyond his compulsory two years, so that's this year, 2022, 2023, no way am I signing for 224 and 25. And they are delusional to think that the players in the corridors that get spoken to by the chief executive, are you happy with everything, Pete? Yeah, of course I am, mate. Yeah. See you later. Oh, I've spoken to six players and not one of them has said they've got a problem. Uh, but they'll uh, tell everybody else. And the thing is that really is bizarre for me. Jason Horn Francis, who just snuck home to Adelaide on Mother's Day to see his family without telling the club. It, players don't do that. You know, professional players don't do that. So he's probably thinking, I'm just... 
not interested. They can get the shits with me. I'm getting yeah. out of here. It's yeah. as simple as that. Now, Wayne Carey, their greatest okay. ever player, said this, Hags. I guess I get a lot of information from ex-teammates. Spoke to a few this morning. And they, they're very concerned. I don't think from senior position right down through to the players that they're all on the same page. I haven't spoken to the, the senior coach. I spoke to uh, Sonia, who's, uh, who, who I think is doing a great job. But clearly there's communication breaking down within that footy club. So that's Wayne Carey. Uh, on the SMS, you can start uh, getting on uh, the keyboards now. Temperate Bedshed text line 0487 736 Bedshed experts in temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases. Check the range of temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au. Uh, we'll go to Mike's text in just a tick because it talks about Melbourne. And as we know, Melbourne are taking the uh, Fremantle Dockers. So before we leave North Melbourne, Kim... In the previous grab, Ben Amafio, the CEO of North Melbourne Kangaroos, the journal asked him, has there been any communication with the likes of Adam Simpson or Alistair Clarkson? And he suggested, no, David Noble's our man. Yeah. That's contrary to what you're hearing? Well, well, what else could he say publicly? They're going into round 11, Peter. They've won one game this season. They won five in their last two seasons. So... David Noble, how he can say he's our man, again, is it's like a grade four faction carnival operator trying to make those grade fours behave themselves. You know, I'm telling you, so there's no story here, you'll take what I say as verbatim. David Noble has coached North for 32 games. He's had five wins, 26 losses. That's a 15% record. Mark Neild was sacked after 33 games with five wins at a 15% record. Adam Simpson has won three of his last 19 at a 15% record. So the Adam Simpson circumstance is just going to just escalate because Amalfo can say, we haven't spoken to him, I haven't spoken to him. No, David Noble's our man. Well, Amalfo might not, might not be someone who survives something like this because of his delusional support of something that is clearly broken relations between players and coach, and even at West Coast. You know, it is mounting and growing that a lot of players are disillusioned with what's going on there and with how Adam Simpson is handling this whole circumstance. So, And it won't be a Malfo that speaks with Adam Simpson when it's done. And I'm not saying if, when it's done, someone will speak on his behalf or a behalf of a chairperson or a board member or the influential power brokers, someone will make the contact with Adam Simpson and say, well, what do you reckon? If you come to us for the next four or five years and rebuild us, or do you stay at West Coast? So they'll give him the choice. I don't think that – I can tell you, Peter, in 2020, when North was in dire straits after Reese Shaw's resignation, and he had to go, he was troubled, a phone call was made to Adam Simpson, and before – they even said, G'day, what's going on? It was, whatever you're on at West Coast, we will pay you double. Now, I know the West Coast board and the chairman especially were aghast at that to think, how can they offer our coach twice what he's on? He's just won a premiership within the two years ago and went up towards a million dollars a year. How can they offer him double when their money comes from the AFL mm. in a time of soft cap? I know West Coast were aghast to think. Simpson knocked it back straight away, as we know, and he did admit publicly at the time, Pete, yes, I've had the call, and, you know, I'm staying here. I said no straight away. 
but the call was made with an approach to Simpson two years ago, they'll come again. Absolutely don't worry about that. And it probably doesn't even make bad sense, perhaps with where West Coast are at, to start thinking about a win-win. Does Adam move on or does Adam Simpson decide he's the man that can rebuild? He's not a development coach. Now, Fremantle have improved in recent times because they had a good, a, a brilliant development program going under Simon Eastor. I think they've waned a little bit since Simon Eastor was moved into corporate. Mm-hmm. But Fremantle, uh, sorry, West Coast haven't had anything like Fremantle's development program when Simon Eastor was there. West Coast haven't had a development program for years because he's been able to turn to some of the competition superstars, game after game, season after season, and now he's gone too long without re- re- replenishing that from behind or moving on some of those players that are past well past their, their, their best time. So they'll, North will go for Adam Simpson. He'll have to weigh it up. Do I stay here for another four or five years at West Coast? And, is he, and West Coast have to decide, is he the development coach they need for this program to go to the bottom of the ladder to get three or four draft picks this year, get, to get three or four more early draft picks next year? Is Adam Simpson the man? Or does Simpson go and do it at North? And I'll tell you, there's another part of the win-win. If Simpson moved and West Coast stay where they are for the rest of this season, it's about possibly the last sort of uncompromised draft we'll have for a few, for several years because Tasmania are coming in. Yeah. So that's being weighed up all around the traps. And I don't fall for anything about we haven't had any contact because someone will be in touch with Adam Simpson as soon as they can possibly get those calls made. Yeah. And then we start saying, well, if we've heard this, it'll be denied, Pete, as we know, but we will hear about it. We can all guarantee everybody we'll hear about it all and we'll spruik it as much as we can because we're brave enough to do so. But when West Coast then start moving on Don Pike as the new coach of West Coast. Okay. Uh, Whole new era under West Coast Eagles homegrown. So it could be a case of bringing some of the sort of, how can we term it, uh, players that have done coaching uh, from that golden era, bring them back in and restore some of the soul to the West Coast Eagles football club that's been lost in the last few years. Categorically. Now, and I think we need to pro- perhaps see and hear some of that. Unfortunately, we're going into round 11. This sort of stuff doesn't usually start till round 16, 17. We've got another 12 weeks to get through, three I months. Know. And so that's another reason why it'll be denied, because there'll be moves behind the scenes, and I'll have to try to keep it uh, you know, confidential. But I, I'm prepared to go very strongly very early. The next coach of West Coast for mine is Don Pike. And as you say, Peter, and as you've hinted there, I think it'll be a group of West Coast Eagles greats that have the coaching credentials and football operations. Mm-hmm. Because the football operations are disjointed at West Coast as well. I don't care what they say. I, I found it astonishing. The mixed messages out of last weekend, the, the coverage and the, and the indications of, of how, you know, the champion uh, Luke Shuey was handled. And Adam Simpson said post-match that Shuey got tight in the back during the last quarter. As soon as we found he was tight in the back, we, we, we tapped him out. Well, Gavin Bell said during the, later into the, early into this week, later after the match, that he started getting tight during the second quarter. So why did Shuey play the game out? Interesting. All right, we're going to take a break. And then after the break, we're going to tell you who's in for the West Coast and who's in for the Fremantle Dockers. Our teams play back-to-back games on Saturday afternoon. Melbourne against Fremantle. It's first against fourth at 2.35 our time. And then we've got the nighttime game here at Optus Stadium getting underway at 5.30 between West Coast and the Western Bulldogs. Uh, get on the uh, temper of bedshed text line. Uh, that's the opening remarks from our analyst, Kim Hagdorn. 0487 736 736. Or the Scarborough Toyota 
to open line. I've just flicked the switch. It is now active. 13-12-55. Ben Dalgleish and the team there in Scarborough Beach Road in Osmond Park. They buy all makes and models. Uh, Pete and Hags, this is from Mike. Yep. Has there been an indication Angus Brayshaw or Luke Jackson to Frio next year? We'll discuss that after the break here on Drive. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, welcome back to Drive uh, with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdorn. Let's look at the uh, the two teams that we'll be certainly interested in. It is Fremantle uh, taking on Melbourne at the MCG first against fourth. As we know, the Demons are undefeated, followed by the West Coast Eagles against the Bulldogs, 18th against ninth. Back to back, aren't they? Yeah, and the Bulldogs Long certainly... afternoon, Yeah, evening. the Bulldogs are making a bit of a run now. And, of course, uh, Tim English is back in the side for the Bulldogs. Hags, let's have a look at the uh, the Eagles and the Dockers and what they've got at this point in time on a Thursday evening. In particular, Pete, I think the Melbourne-Fremantle game, you know, uh, two weeks ago it was we were talking about it being the game of the season so far. I think it's dropped away from that. Yeah. It's still one of the games of the weekend. And from our perspective, Fremantle up against Melbourne, it's probably the biggest game, bigger game out of the two of the weekend, of course. West Coast against the Bulldogs. I think West Coast will struggle again. I'm really looking forward to seeing what sort of game that uh, Aaron Norton can have. I mean, he's an amazing young player. Uh, and there was that, I suppose it was almost rugby league fashion style from the coach, Luke Beveridge, to bring to attention the industry uh, awareness of what's happening with my man, Aaron Norton. He was manhandled a lot against mm. Gold Coast after his outstanding start. I did watch that again through the course of the week uh, to see what uh, Luke was on about. But I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. So West Coast Bulldogs, I think West Coast will really struggle, but there is some news there as well that can perhaps provide a little bit of a, a buoyancy around West Coast, but I still think they'll struggle even though they're at home. But the Fremantle-Melbourne game, it's not the game of the weekend anymore. Oh, I think it's Sydney and Richmond or Collingwood and Carlton as the games of the weekend challenges. Uh, and Sydney have lost three of their last four, so I sense Richmond there. But, Peter, one big move with Melbourne, they just keep getting better because Jack Viney's back into the mm, Melbourne town. He's mm. an amazing. He's not even their best midfielder, and yet he's an amazing young uh, little midfielder. Ed Langdon out of there with that uh, chest injury. I was hoping he'd come up to play against his old team again because he's in All-Australian form, Ed Langdon. Yeah. If he wasn't the All-Australian winger, you know, three, two or three weeks ago, I'd be very surprised. Darcy Tucker into the Fremantle team. I was surprised last week he was dropped. But he gets recalled. And I think, Peter, there'll be a bit of a reshuffle uh, amongst Fremantle there. Darcy Tucker probably sharing uh, some of that forward line role that uh, Sam Skwitzkowski uh, now uh, takes away by being suspended for a couple of games. So a bit of a likely reshuffle there. With But I thought Banfield might be one of the uh, rotating half-forwards, forward pockets, or Erasmus. But they're both yeah. listed as emergencies only. So Let me throw you Tucker into that. If uh, Jai Amos, who unfortunately, let's hope he gets... A better, uh, that He's in a bit injury. of trouble, you know. There's no guarantee. Yeah, that, this first two weeks is very important. He's been isolated. Mm. I don't know if you've seen all that. It's very, it's very sad for an 18 year old to get an injury like that. It's a significant injury. So saying that, and just a hypothetical, if he was fit on the back end of what we saw last week. Would Rory Lobby have been in a bit of trouble for this game against Melbourne at the MCG? Do you think? Or I'm not, I'm not so sure. There's that strength. Because management at Fremantle, I think they're a little a bit like West like Coast. That. I think they're a bit like West Coast. They're they're a bit sort of unsure of how to really discipline harshly. You know, that's it. If Darling's named again, 
as I said six weeks ago, he's never going to be dropped. Kennedy goes back into that side. Why drop Dixon? Why not drop Jack Darling and make a statement? Yeah. Same two at Fremantle. Drop Rory Lobb and make a statement. Even even Because was... the coach has been on record saying that Jack Darling won't be dropped, basically. Yeah, yeah He's basically yeah. been on record and said yeah. that at a press conference. Uh, Longmuir hasn't Good said... Good to see him surfing, too, during the week. Well, you would have thought if you're going to do anything extra, Jack, do the extra <laughs> training that you missed for, while you're away for two months. Or worst... Go and take some marks and have some set shots at uh, Left Lane Park. And I don't want to see photos like that. It does not interest me. And also... It, 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 take a photo of me jogging around Hillary's Boat Harbour. Who cares whether he does go surfing? No, I think, the, I think the message was a little bit unwritten. What the heck are you doing on a day off instead of being out at goal kicking at, at Left Lane Park? Taking some marks on the lead, taking some chest marks, rebuilding your confidence, and then leak pitches out... Jack's doing more than he can, everything he can to get the fans off his back, to get the, the, the coverage, the analysis off his back. Mm. Instead of surfing. And also, why exude yourself with the surfing? Oh, I don't fall for this garbage about, oh, it's, it's good relaxation, it's good release for the players. Not when you're one and nine and you've won three of your last 19 games, West Coast Eagles players. Yeah. Do more to be ready to be able to play uh, better. Let's go. Uh, to... Just a quick one. I, I know there's some calls, but also I, I, just one or two other ones. Big Charlie Dixon in at Port, I think, is a big one. For, and uh, Jordan Ridley back in for Essendon. But Port, they just have to keep winning. Charlie adds something up forward there. And also Marcus Adams and Daniel McStay back for Brisbane. Mm. And I know they should win. They should, they should win comfortably at the weekend. But... Both of them back in, key defender, key forward. Uh, Sam Reid in for Sydney. Tom Hickey to miss. Tom Hickey, so important, I reckon, to Sydney. Uh, Marlon Pickett, our own WA boy, back in for Richmond. But no, Hickey, oh, I don't know. I, I'm leaning Richmond's way anyway in the game of the weekend. Yeah, fair call. Okay, uh, Mike says, as I said before the break, hi, Pete and Haggers. Has there been any indication Angus Brayshaw and Luke Jackson to Frio next year? Gee, Luke Jackson would be handy at Frio. The oh, way. how are they going to get in? Yeah, that's the big question. But, but gee, he'd be handy. What I can say, Peter, and to Mike, thanks for your text, I'm very reliably told that both West Coast and especially Fremantle are heavy into Luke Jackson and the prospect of him coming home. I think everyone's aware it's highly unlikely, but it it just filters away. The boy won't sign and, and the, the the offers are getting stronger and stronger to try and lure Luke Jackson back. But the thing is with Luke Why Jackson, would you leave? Well, Why they, would you leave? Well, it's the same as Angus or similar to Angus Brayshaw. I know Luke is a much younger boy um, and Angus is in, in his, you know, he's in his late 20s. But if they won a second premiership this year, then I think you might think about moving, but not Luke Jackson. He's too young. And the thing is with Luke Jackson is that he's, he, he's going to command a lot of money somewhere soon. Uh, but he's also got a lot of good mates in Melbourne. He's very good friends with Trent Rivers, who's at Melbourne. Yeah, but the Israel fella. Yeah. But several of the other Eastern States-based boys that are expats from here, uh, they all get along really well. And Luke Jackson, I'm led to believe, is highly unlikely to come back. He could be. He could be a version of Brad Hill. He could have three premiership medals yeah. in the next in his first four years of playing footy. That's really? how Melbourne are, are travelling at the moment. It could even be three and three. Even three in a row, yeah. Because Brad, so. Brad Hill, of course, had the uh, the Hawthorne dynasty, yeah, didn't he, yeah, when he went yeah, into it? Yeah. So, look, I do. I am led to believe that uh, Fremantle and West Coast are, are chasing Luke Jackson vehemently. 
Uh, but I, I think he's more likely to stay, Peter. But we still need to see that uh, that confirmation, that announcement. It's the same too with Tim English. You say he's back into the Bulldogs team to play West Coast here on Saturday evening. I mean, that's that's not good for West Coast. We mm. sort of talk, and the Bulldogs have to keep winning as well to try to climb, you know, back into the top eight and then ultimately secure. They, they'll even need a bit of percentage, I reckon. But Tim English, he's another one. Now I keep saying there was, there's been no confirmation, no announcement. But uh, I have been told for weeks now uh, that he has signed a new contract. He will be staying at uh, at the Bulldogs, Peter, for at least the next two years. It's a two-year deal, and he's on about $900,000 a year. Uh, it's really good money for Tim English. So that takes him through two more years to fr- restricted free agency. Mm-hmm. When West, Part of West Coast's whole recovery strategy still includes Tim English in a couple of years' time. So not 23, not 24, but 2025 when they expect to be back contending. And while he while he has signed and he's out of the running, they're still very keen on Luke Jackson. But I think, Mike, um, Luke Jackson won't be coming. You can't rule out Angus Brayshaw, though. And yeah, I've got I, in my notes here, it's worth having a look at him yeah, I reckon on Sunday, uh, that, Saturday evening. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I think Angus Brayshaw could be considered. Mm. Can we just focus back on West Coast and the mid-season drafts coming up? And as as we know, they put a couple on the inactive list. There's a couple of spots here at the mid-season draft. Florenka is certainly one they'll probably uh, pick up uh, mid-season like they did with Connor West uh, last year from West Perth. And Connor West was very good in the last appearance for West Coast here at Optus Stadium. This is what Adam Simpson on SENWA on Hazen Mardo earlier today said about the uh, Eagles' attack on the mid-season draft. Yeah, well, can't give up too much, but if we get the first pick, um, mm. not too much people can do about it, I suppose. <laughs> but, uh, I... Um, I think we'll we're going to meeting this week uh, on Friday actually, and we'll, we'll really show up what we're going to do. Um, obviously, we're, we're looking for young talent, and um, not for the short term; it's for the long term. And um, you know, there's a few really good players there that we see. I mean, the way it works, it, it's sort of the guys who missed out on the draft last year um, have they grown and developed in the last six months, where they're going to be draftable by the end of next year, and can you get in front of the competition by picking some kids up? in that space. So that's, um, that's what everyone's doing. And, you know, we, obviously we're going to be picking pretty, pretty high and uh, we'll, we'll take, um, take best talent end of the week. Mm, Jake Florenka will be one they'll certainly uh, acquire well, they, if they can. They probably should. Yeah. Uh, just listening to Adam Simpson there, he has hinted that they want a younger player. Now, Florenka's 25. Right. Um, I, I'm led to, I don't think they'll take two because significantly uh, Tom Cole was wheeled out to a media conference today. Now, yeah, that's, another three-year deal. That's, yeah, because I understand... I'm a that, bit surprised with that, tell you the truth. There is plans for him to play before the end of this season. Right. Now, they hold Are him... Are you surprised in, with the deal, three no, years of Tom because, Cole? No, no he's, he's part of their plans. You know, we've picked our teams, Peter, haven't we? we, we and he's in that bracket, isn't he? He's a, what, How old is he, about 24, uh, 25? Yeah, look... He, he he's in that group. He's 24, and he's in the group where we picked a team. You know, three or four weeks ago, you and I picked a team here. Uh, the, the West Coast, they're round one next year, for instance, with two or three draft picks. They probably even should have three or four draft picks playing round one next year. But certainly pick one <laughs> and pick 19, you would think. And if they can manipulate their way by swapping, I know they can't swap their first round pick for this year coming. That's part of the rules on watch on which they've operated to bring in Tim Kelly. They can't swap their early round picks. So they can't give up pick one for this year, Peter, and, and get three or four, three picks in the first, you know, 20-odd to someone who might have that. They can't do that this year. They keep one, they get 19. They've got Port's second round pick as part of last year's trading. 
and then you'd have a pick in the mid 30s. So if they could trade and get four, maybe five picks inside 35, then you'd think two or three of them should be playing in their team next year. I've got Tom Cole on a halfback flank yeah. in that team, first thing next year, 24 years of age. So lock him away in your group. So lock away Waterman, lock away Rotham. Why does Rotham always just get dropped as soon as someone else, be, an older player becomes available? I tell you He's the one dropped for I this week. I'll tell you week. about jo- uh, Josh Rotham. When he first came into the West Coast Eagles side, he seemed like a young man who had a positive frame of mind and looked confident. The more he's come in lately, he's lacked that confidence. He's turning over the ball. He's making mistakes. He was better when he went in early, like in his first half a dozen games. Hey, look, this guy could be a decent halfback flanker. He seems to have lost a lot of confidence. He's unsure about his disposal. He's unsure about his game. He needs to be reassured as one of the young players by the West Coast Eagles coaching staff and saying, mate, this is your direction. I'm not sure he knows what his direction is. He's in one and he's out the next. And I can reinforce that. I'm hearing that from a lot of the players' representatives. There's a, there's a discomfort out at West Coast at Lathlane Park and it's coming from a, lack of, a, a, a growing lack of confidence in the coach and the coaching staff. They're not getting that direction or reassurance. And certainly the Jack Darling situation hasn't helped anybody. There's hardly a player out there that thinks... He should be playing. Mm. And as you say, he kicked nine goals. Nine goals in nine games. Yeah. And averaging, you know, 11 possessions a game. Now, he doesn't average much more than that per his whole career. His 200 and almost 50 game career. He averages 11 or 12 possessions a game. And that's where I think he's been overlorded. But surely he can be just at least making some efforts. And also, let's see the coach with, with a Jack Darling, but several other players as well. Try something different. Make them do something different. Not surfing. Make them play off a wing, halfback flank. Make them do some ruck work mm. when you've got kids, uh, Jamison and Bader Williams, carrying the ruck against, you know, the likes of this week, Tim English or a Max Gorn at times. They, they've had to go up against the, the, the Giants. Well, where's, where's, the, where's the senior players taking more responsibility and, and flexibility? And there's not enough of that happening in the coaching. There's not enough initiative. Even last week, you know, the longer that game went, well... Certainly the first half. They weren't yeah. interested. All right, so we're going to take a break. As we go to the break, again, Adam Simpson on uh, getting what the Eagles deserve this season. Uh, have a listen to this. We may talk about it after the break. Uh, come and join us on the Temperate Bedshed text line 0487 736 736 and the Scarborough Toyota open line call 13 12 i tell you who I spoke to today. Yep. I spoke to Leon Larkin today. I got him in oh, Dubai. Him, yeah, yeah I, he was the fellow who originated the State of Origin 1977. concept. And he mentioned mentioned in the interview, and I'm going to feature it early next week, uh, that, you know, I said, is State of Origin done and dusted here? He says, you know, Pete, I just think the AFL has bypassed it now. I think the last State of Origin game might have been about 1995. Uh, don't be surprised if you see an AFLW State of Origin. And I've just actually seen on the screen that they're starting to talk about an AFLW State of Origin series in the AFLW competition. Anyway... It's, it's got my head. I reckon the AFL is confused too. I reckon the AFL's lost a bit of its uh, mojo in recent times. But anyway, here's Adam Simpson on getting what they deserve, the Eagles. No, look, we're, we're um, I mean, you get what you deserve in, in, in life and in sport. And, you know, we're, we're, um, we're in a bit of a pit at the moment as a playing group as well as a coaching group. I probably don't look at the playing group um, on their own. I, I look at our whole department and how resilient we can be and make sure the environment is honest and um, aggressive when it needs to be and positive 
when we get opportunities to be positive. Uh, if you don't do that, um, it becomes very hard workplace to get improvement and development. And there's no doubt we're working on now a program that's going to help get our players better for the long term. So I think they're OK. Um, they're desperate to have some success. And no one likes being, you know, one and nine. But, um, you know, we also understand there's some challenges we've got that are, that are challenging as well. So without dancing around too much, it's, it's a difficult environment, but I think they're up for the fight and they're, look, they're looking to get better. So on the temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736, hi, Pete Kim. I'm hearing that the Eagles are going to take young Ishmael Ruckman Brintikel in the draft. I hear a lot about him um, and you know, he can clearly play. Uh, <laughs> when, when West Coast took Luke Stranatica, I had some... Sort of, Started well, kicked a goal with his first kick. I had a few people <laughs> who, whose job it actually is to analyse you know, footballers around the country and uh, one in particular said to me, they've taken the wrong boy. Stranatica's not as good as Tickle. Ah. Tickle's younger. Um, mm. So, look, it might be the case. And clearly, when, when we've just here revealed and we've discussed it before, Peter, we're going to continue to discuss it. Tim English is not on the Eagles' radar anymore. He's committed to the Western Bulldogs, and I'm surprised there hasn't been an actual confirmation in announcement of his new two-year contract on about eight hundred and fifty to $900,000 a year for two years. He stays in the radars for West Coast. Tim English. But see, the other one is Luke Jackson. West Coast and Fremantle are chasing Luke Jackson. And I think the feeling is they're not going to win this. They're not going to get him. He's just he's just too young and too uh, enthusiastic. And there's so much ahead of him at uh, Melbourne. Jackson, 20, just played the 39 games, plays his 40th game against Fremantle on Saturday afternoon. I don't think they're going to get either of those. So West Coast may have turned towards Bryn Tickle because mm. Stranatica hasn't really set the game alight, has he? And also... Jamison and Bailey Williams clearly are the two ruckmen of the future, but I don't know if they need a third one. I reckon Williams and uh, uh, Callum should be the two that they they you mm. know they stick with. Jamison and Williams. I've got doubts about Nick Natanui. I, I, they, so they perhaps do need another ruckman. Uh, West Coast, so it could be Tickle. I'm I'll not t- sure of that, though. I tell you, as I said, I'm out in the community a bit, and I speak to quite a few people, and um, I reckon. And judging by, even in the media here, and the reaction we get, I reckon the West Coast Eagles fans have checked out for this year. They really, oh, there is very, some, some will have. There is very little discussion, can I honestly say, very little discussion about West Coast in the community at the moment. All they're saying is that it's going to be a terrible year. You know, we're just checking out, and hopefully, you know, things will be better in, in 2023. Now, if you agree with me, give us... Uh, a contact on the temperate bedshed text line zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. You know why, Kim? Because every week's the same. Every week's the same. There's not a real fresh discussion point in the last four or five weeks regarding the West Coast Eagles. No, you can't sort of say, "Well, that's what we're going to grab and run with this week." You tell me what has been what's been definitive and something that the West Coast Eagles fans can talk with a bit of conviction in the last three, four, five weeks, that is positive. That is positive. Nothing is positive at the moment. So except, I'm saying, except Adam Simpson. He seems very confident and he positive. Does. He has, and people but are, he's not doing anything to show change. That, that's, I reckon that's where some West Coast Eagles people and faithful of 36 years might be thinking also. They, they could be thinking, well, I'm not seeing anything. Why is Jack Darling still getting defended? I, I think a lot of people would be quite 
within and their pro- rights. And they're probably sick of us keep talking about Jack Darling because nothing has happened. It had been a good talking point if all of a sudden he just dropped to the waffle and the West Coast Eagles fan says, well done. You know, they've made, a, they've made a tough call, but they've made the right call. That's a positive. You know what else? Nothing is transpiring, Tim. To support Kim. To support, you know, your grievance there. It's not a grievance, just yes, what I'm is. hearing. Yes, it is. You, There's not people talking you're around. You're representing people that have got grievance about how West Coast are at. Can I tell you? Or where they're at and I, how they are. And we, we've worked together a long time. We use the water cooler example. Monday morning, you get around the coffee. You get your coffee at first thing in the morning. You haven't seen your workmates for the weekend. They're not talking about West Coast, let me tell you. No, They're talking because, about other things. And here's another reason why. Alex Witherden, Jermaine Jones, Connor West, Isaiah Winder, Cal Jamison, Brody Hoff, Bailey Williams, Greg Clark. Hardly any boys that are really showing a great deal of promise. So some of their recruitment and the lack of development of these boys is questionable. Well, let's look at the other teams. As you mentioned, Sydney against Richmond tomorrow night's going to be a great game at the uh, Sydney Cricket Ground. A lot of excitement. It is the second week of the Sir Doug Nichols round, which was done very well last week. 70,000 there to see Richmond take on Essendon. Let me tell you, it's only about 10 grand more than what we got here up the stadium uh, the week before. But uh, it is the second week. The Eagles will wear their Indigenous jumpers uh, this week with pride. Looking forward to, to seeing that here at Optus Stadium on Saturday night when they take on the Bulldogs. Lance Franklin on the verge. Who would have thought when he signed that mega deal a decade ago that come to the end of the deal, he's ready to sign another one? It's just one of the great stories. One of the great stories. And, and you know, I reckon everyone would have said, what, 10-year deal? He won't well, even I think get, it was not nine at 10 million. Nine at 10 million. He won't even get halfway through. Yeah. Here he is. He's yeah. come to the end. He's still playing great footy. Oh, is he, oh, don't well, fall for the great footy. Well, he's playing okay. He, because he's a big, powerful, hulking man, well, he can bustle his way around. Right, he's not you, holding marks. I know, but he's, they're, they're a lesser side without him, Sydney. Oh, that's a fickle. I, I think they do play direct with him. I, I sense, and I've got him on notes, I, I reckon Richmond and Carlton have to win this weekend. These are sort of mini finals in round 11 for Richmond and Carlton for where they're climbing towards trying to be. Richmond trying to climb back into the eight. I think they're highly capable. And certainly Carlton, I think they have to win on Sunday over their arch rival Collingwood to absolutely confirm that they are a top four candidate for 2022. And that's a big climb for a power club. So they have to win. That puts Sydney... (laughs) Sydney firmly in the sights of Richmond. Sydney have lost three of their last four. Mm. And I, th- I think they're in danger of slipping out of the eight. So that adds, and, and by being at their home ground, the Sydney Cricket Ground, and as you say, that's where Franklin you know, just thrives. But I just fear that like the, Richmond and Port are coming. Sydney have got Melbourne at the MCG next week, then they're by. Then Port Adelaide and St Kilda. So Sydney are really in in trouble of slipping out of the eight. Yeah. And and one or two sides are going to slip out of the eight if the likes of Richmond and Port and the Bulldogs are going to ultimately end, end up finishing in there. So Sydney, I reckon it's a massive game for Sydney, but I'm going to lean Richmond's way because I just think they can play the sort of footy. And Sydney have got a lot of boys they rely on that are young players, Peter. You know, three or four of their real prime moves, you know, Goulden and Warner uh, McInerney out on the wing, number 27. They're, they're kids. They'll hit the wall at some stage of the midwinter. I'll tell you what could be a great story. 
I like Richmond. I like their way they're coming together at the halfway stage of the season. And I reckon they'll have a bit of a momentum and they'll play finals football. Oh, I don't have any doubt of and them. Be... They're, they're actually in the eight right now. Yeah. So sitting behind them is the Bulldogs. I, I'm going to discount Collingwood I, unless they could beat Carlton on, on Sunday. Yeah. And I don't, I don't expect that. But And then the Bulldogs, the Bulldogs are 11th. Mm. They're going in. Yeah, they're going so they in. Went, but that, that, right now, that's assuming they have to win again here on Saturday night because that'll only make them five and six. It's still a long way to go. But who is vulnerable in the top eight right now, the current top eight going into round 11, Peter? Who's vulnerable? Sydney. And Freo. And the boys from Coburn. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a break. Come back with more in a moment. Get on the temper at Bedshed text line 0487 736 736. Or give us a call on the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. I want to have a chat to Hags also because he is uh, has known Justin Langer for a long, long time. Justin is on the West Coast Eagles board. But also yesterday he was uh, a spokesperson. Uh, he was the guest speaker at a businessman's luncheon. And he came out with a couple of very interesting comments around Did what you go transpired. Did you no, go? Did I didn't. You? No, I didn't. But uh, certainly uh, heard some of the audio, and I thought he was very, very good. So we'll talk about that before we go. I'd like to get your thoughts on it too, Kim. It's a quarter to six here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Nigel's got on the temperate bedshed text line. Hi, Pete. Totally checked out this season. We were talking about the West Coast Eagles. Hardly watched any games due to the lack of effort shown. Went to the Richmond game and they were they were pathetic. Looking forward to a number one draft pick. Thanks, Nigel. So that just gives you well, a little bit of an indication. As I said, if Nigel's one, there might be quite a few others that are in the similar sort of mindset. Oh, clearly. But then you've got others, and to be fair, Lisa's a good fan of ours. Uh, I still talk about the Eagles win, lose, or draw. They get my support, but they have to play four quarters, not one, not two, and we all ask for a bit of effort. That's the big contentious issue. Effort. effort. Well, and it was was a bit more evident after halftime on Sunday against GWS. But the game was done and dusted at halftime. Nine nine goals are different. It was 14 to 5. And. The lack of effort was evident. It was very evident. There were some players. It was North Melbourne-like. And to be fair, GWS had won two games, one more than yeah, the West Coast yeah, Eagles yeah. last and week. And the previous the pre- week before that, they'd kicked four goals. And GWS kicked twenty-one goals last week. Yeah, and they'd kicked four of them in the first. They'd kicked four goals in the ten minutes. The other one about West Coast too. And I wanted to talk about it on Monday. We're running out of time. We'll come back to it. Yeah, next we'll week, come back it, to it. No, no. Well, Jermaine Jones is a halfback flanker on Toby Green. But whose idea was that? Yeah, yeah. While I, Josh Rotham was over on uh, Bobby Hill. Okay. I mean, I'd like to get your thoughts. Uh, we'll get your selections in just a moment, Kim, for round 11. Mm-hmm. This is Justin Langer, yes, sir. I'd like to get your thoughts oh, okay. on JL. Yeah, of course, he's also on the West Coast Eagles board and he enjoys that role. Here he is. Ironically, the last six of months of my coaching career, most enjoyable period of 12 years of coaching. Not only did we win everything, I had energy and I had focus and I was happy. Besides the bullshit politics, I've never spoken to English cricket. I've spoken, Andrew Strauss rang me the day after I resigned just to, mate, I had to ring you because I've known Andrew Strauss for a long time. That was 14 weeks ago. I have not spoken. I, the thought of coaching England. <laughs> mate. I, mate. I, I can. I'm going to speak out of school here because I had a confidential conversation with Justin Langer when England were chasing a coach before Trevor Bayless got it. Mm-hmm. He was their choice. 
Uh, he was coaching Before Western Australia. Trevor Baylor's got yeah. it. He was coaching Western Australia, as we all know, and doing an outstanding job because he'd rebuilt West Australian cricket. The culture was poor after a, a terrible champions uh, tournament in mm. South Africa, et cetera, et cetera. He was given the job. He sorted the place out. And then with the same modus operandi and the same philosophies and principles, he sorted Australian cricket out in, from a dire time in 2018. But when Trevor Bayless finished up with the job, he's, Justin confided to me, I've got a midnight phone call tonight. It was a Friday afternoon. It was during the footy season with Andrew Strauss, midnight call. They've offered me the job. We chatted about it. He said, I'm interested in some of your thoughts. I'm talking to a few people. He said, you're not backward in coming forward. What do you think? We chatted. And then I said to him, one thing, there's an Ashes series next year in England. Could you coach against Australia? There was a lengthy silence. And Justin came back with, great point. Mm. No. No, I couldn't. He said, you know what? I couldn't coach anyone except Australia. Yeah. That's because the guy's got green and gold blood oozing through his veins and out of his pores. And that's where I think a lot of us are aghast. You talk about West Coast Eagles people dropping off. My prediction is you watch the numbers drop off Australian cricket over the next year or two because of how they handled Justin Langer. You think so? Yeah, I think the, I think there'll be numbers who sort of say, I, I don't feel comfortable with cricket anymore. I don't want to watch it. I don't support it. Um, you know, there's some smart asses. There's some upstarts that and, are the senior and, and, and this is a very good point. Have a listen to this uh, regarding uh, the acting chairman at the time. And the first thing he said to me was, oh, it must make you feel good that all your mates are supporting you in the media. I said, yeah, it is, acting chairman. With all due respect, those mates are also the all-time greats of Australian cricket. They are the fabric of Australian cricket. They are Australian cricket. They also work all around the world in cricket. So, yeah, I'm glad my mates are looking after me. Imagine if you had of. Yeah, there you go. He that's, also got some, strong. He also, I understand he got some texts from board members after that uh, now infamous weekend when he was opposed, apparently offered six months extension, didn't take it and resigned. Mm. Got some texts on the Monday and Tuesday and sent responses back along similar lines. It, uh, pity I didn't have this sort of support prior to you sacking me. Yeah. All right, Kim, let's go back to the AFL. I yeah. thought I'd throw that in because I know you're quite close with Justin. Well, You've known I'm him glad for a he's long, finally long come time. out. I'll be very interested to see his book. I hear he's writing a book and he's, right. it'll, it'll come out for Father's Day, I reckon, yeah. just in time for the start of the new season. And he's on the West Coast Eagles board as well. He's so. very close to Adam Simpson. I reckon he would find it very difficult to move Adam Simpson on, given what he's been through. Yeah, He'd no. Be in a very and, he, and he sort of made that comment to, to a certain degree. But anyway, uh, round 11 this weekend I starts reckon, tomorrow night. Which way are you going? I reckon Richmond. Brisbane will beat GWS. I think Geelong will beat Adelaide. Melbourne will beat Fremantle. Bulldogs will beat West Coast. Hawthorne to beat Gold Coast. St Kilda, I think, will beat North Melbourne. Carlton will beat Collingwood on Sunday. Port will beat Essendon. The Carlton-Collingwood game, I'm not sure, but I think Carlton should win. Yeah, and it's good actually getting a bit of the substance of the old Blues versus yeah. Magpies. The Blues are travelling beautifully after a, over a decade in, in the... Uh, Basically off the map. Ultras. And Collingwood actually uh, are playing some decent footy as well. Good on you, Haggers. Enjoy the footy this weekend. Catch you Monday. Good Thanks, Jimmy. Me. And I look forward to your company tomorrow on the Tap Touch Lounge from 8.